welcome. I'm, I'm so happy to have you and everybody. Here we are for a number three of three uh, special magical miracles classes. And, uh, you know, I want to start by saying my magic manifesto again. And then uh, Danielle and I, our whole intention for this meeting is to tell you stories. And we're just going to go back and forth and tell delicious stories of the various ways the magic in small and large ways. <laughs> just constantly infiltrates uh, our lives. And by our, I mean all of our lives. Uh, got a dog helping you out, Danny? Yeah, I, uh, I'll i mute as soon as they go bonkers. <laughs> oh, uh, well, we, we love to hear it. Okay, here we go. So Magic Manifesto. If I can remember where it starts. Okay, the magic that comes to me surprises and delights me and supports me in deeper understanding and purer forms of love. I am alert to the magic and allow it to nourish me constantly. The stuff of the magic includes signs and symbols, gorgeous timing, unplanned rendezvous, fun with words and numbers, recognition, echoes, repetition, all manner of synchronicity and more. Because I live in the magic, I live in the flow. I move downstream. I harness the power of ease, effortlessness, alignment. I drop into stillness and silence as needed. I keep course correcting according to signals from my guidance system. And I love that that system alerts me to tweaks needed as I move down my path. I am on a beautiful life adventure characterized by awe, wonder, curiosity, and deep appreciation, I am in love. And there we go. Daniela, do you wanna go first? Or do you wanna follow me in a story? It is entirely yeah. you. Well, let's, let's give a context for um, just uh, magic and, and miracles in our lives. And, and the, some, some of our friends may be Maybe, oops, hang on, I, I'm holding that in a wonky spot. Um, we may have some friends joining us right now that hadn't participated in class one or two. So mm -hmm. let's just give a little overview as to why of all the topics in the world, um, a, a mini course that could be offered, This was that this was the topic. Why is this such an appealing topic uh, to you and, and to me and to the guests that have participated? So you go first. Well, um, I remember being very young and I had a little spiral notebook that I would carry around and a little pencil that would fit in and it was tiny. I liked tiny things that fit in my hand. And the notebook was like, a, like almost like a detective's notebook. It would flip, you'd flip it up and then write stuff. And the notebook, I remember labeling clues from the universe. <sighs> okay, so like I'm really young and I'm documenting, <laughs> I'm archiving. Um, when, I would, when something astounding would happen or something that didn't make logical sense. And I had, I had the super kindest, most loving family and parents, and I wouldn't say that the language of magic was their language, and yet my body would tell me, like I would get these tingly feelings um, when I was when I was little, when it was like when something was happening, and I knew something in me knew it was really important not to lose that connection. Hmm. So to make sure I wasn't. I didn't disconnect from what I was observing. I was a real loner. Like I loved spending hours and hours and hours alone. And so when you spend a lot of time alone and in nature, and I was a figure skater. So skating in the dark, right in silence, doing circle eights. Like, so I was trained really early on through no conscious intention to be attuned to paying attention and to feeling subtle sensations in my body. As a skater, you have to be attuned to the real subtle in your body. Um, 
So I would write down when I would, things would happen that didn't make sense. And I would feel sensations in my body because I didn't want to forget. And I didn't want to forget even in the face of sharing what I was experiencing with, with other people in my life, older people, and them saying we're dismissing, not, not in an unkind way, um, but just giving some other logical reason or like they, they, they didn't light them up. Like they, I didn't see their faces go like, whoa, that's amazing. Keep, keep paying attention to those magical things, right? That just wasn't happening. So, so I would keep it secure and safe in this notebook. Wow. And, and for me, the clues from the universe, it's like clues to what? I didn't consciously have the question formulated then. I know, I now know I was so trying to understand those bigger questions, like who and what am I? Where is this place? <laughs> what's the game? What, what's the point? And these clues always felt like guideposts. Like they just felt like, like a path that ha- would be lit up like another light would come on um, at these events. And, and I, knew, I believed that if I gathered enough data, these questions that I wasn't able to articulate as clearly as I can now would be answered. And the data hasn't stopped coming, has it? It's still, it's coming and it's giving me a really fun story to live by. Now, the fun story of the heroine's adventure, the fun story of we're here to remember what we really are, the fun story of, of understanding myself and, in, and, and understanding who the apparent others are for me in my life, right? So it's, it's I, I don't know if any of it's true, but I do know it sure makes for a really great adventure. You know, that's funny because, you know, I like to run grand experiments, just run experiments, period. And if you're going to run an experiment, you may as well make it a grand experiment. <laughs> but um, so I, you know, like I, there are thing, many things that I'm cheerfully agnostic about, and I don't have some grand statement to make about the magic, you know, and all that it is and all that it means. But what I do know is if this experiment makes a fool of me, I'll still be the better for it. There's no problem. <laughs> yes, let, 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 you know, as when I come to my final exhale and there I get to, you know, dissolve back into the emptiness from which I rose, let it just be that, that wonderful dark void of nothing. And, and none of it all, none of it mattered. I sure do know that that um i like i like the the buddha's um well, it's attributed to the buddha you know there are only a few things that matter in life how well you loved um mm-hmm. what you were able to let go of that wasn't yours and i already forgot the third one someone will someone will put it in the in the chat but there's, there's just it's pretty straightforward and simple right like just kind your mind you know connect to your open heart and feel soul aligned and so if i were to grandiose the the what magic and miracles are it it always it feels like my soul delighting, my soul delighting. And I, I, I'll also say that we're here to feel, to feel our soul fulfilled and connected and, 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 and free. And so magic always shows me either, sweetheart, you are right on target, keep going this route or course adjust either now or it'll get more obvious. <laughs> so free yeah. will. You can listen to the course adjustment now, or if you really need to go down that road for a bigger boomer of a lesson, you go for it, honey. <laughs> <laughs> more will come. Um, yeah. So, uh, and I like how earlier you said something about it shows you the next point of light. The, the next little bit of magic is the next glimmer of light that comes in. And I, I see the magic that we can tap into as part of our guidance systems. And, you know, I like to say guidance comes in now for now. We don't typically get whole blueprints or maps or, and we certainly don't get assurances or guarantees or you know how we've got to let go of outcome every time but but so so the little magic just sort of 
keeps us on course. So one of the things we said in an earlier uh, episode was uh, the, it's the winks along the way, right? It's the, yeah, it's it's the stuff that keeps us going, knowing, okay, I, I'm, I'm not alone. And, you know, sometimes it just means pay attention and uh, what gets your attention is worth pausing with and just feeling into where does this want to take me? I like to liken it to um, a little bit of a fun kind of mission impossible, this hero and heroine's journey. Like it's a need to know basis, right? When you get your orders, mission impossible, you get the envelope, you're told as much as you need to know. I'm pretty sure if I were given more information and overshare, I'd then try negotiating, improving it, yeah. making it better. Like we're not voting members here. Right, right, right. right. For those who play like Dungeons and Dragons, the dungeon master writes the whole script and the plot and the character, you know, like you, you don't get to collect, you don't corroborate consciously with the, with the script and the plot twists that are coming. That wouldn't make for a fun game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of places where we do not get a vote. Uh, yeah. So, um, okay. Well, so let me, I'm going to lead with a story that fresh, hot off the presses. It just happened this week between the last magic episode and this one. So okay. I love how I'm calling them episodes now. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's come out of my mouth twice. So, uh, so I was, I was outside taking a little break, experiencing a, a rare moment of sun the other day. We've had so much rain and I'm, I'm gazing at the bird feeder. But one thing that happens often at the bird feeder is a one cat of this four cat household is an indoor outdoor cat. And so she likes to go and meditate as my girlfriend says, under the bird feeder, she's really watching for the chipmunks who come to catch the little nuts and seeds and things. So, uh, so I was watching her and suddenly I realized, oh, there was a snake weaving through the grass toward her, like its trajectory was going to take it straight to Pepper. Now, Pepper likes to mess with snakes. So, so I'm watching that snake going, what is going to happen next? And the snake went bloop, bloop, and over her body, the snake went over the cat's body and kept going. And she's like going, what is happening? As soon as she saw that it was a snake that had just gone over her, she, she lunges for it, but it was already under the fence. Later that day, uh, I was my little neighbor. I've got a little neighbor in Ithaca where I'm, it's actually a duplex that I'm moving out of right now. So it's my duplex neighbor. He's four years old. He's so much fun. He's a, he's a little Enneagram eight does not take no for an answer, chats up the whole neighborhood. Uh, and he's he's really fun. So he saw that I had a snake toy wrapped around a, a little thing on my dashboard. So he was like, can I see your snake? So then we, we proceeded to go through this long interaction where he could not get enough of talking about snake. He kept saying the word snake, 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 snake. His mom was trying to get him to go to this birthday party. So which he was excited about because before he saw the snake, that's the first thing he told me. But so I, you know, tried to be the helpful grown up and, you know, like, hey, is there going to be cake and ice cream at your party? And he's like, mm, yeah. So are those Bangs. And he's, you know, he's just all about the snake. So later I'm driving home. Sometimes I, I sometimes I can lose track of the magic. And I find it's helpful to have a little pause at the end of the day to go, what cool stuff came in today? You know, because I'll just forget. It's just normal everyday stuff. So I was like, oh, that was a big ticket item, that snake going over Pepper the cat. And then and then and then my interaction with my little neighbor, snake, 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 snake. And so I have this bizarre rash on my feet right now. And it's red and it's hot and it's intense and it hurts. And the only time I've ever had a rash like that, it was it was this huge episode where my all, most of my body was covered. It was kind of horrific. And what cured it was a homeopathic remedy along with calendula oil. And all I remembered was that it was a snake venom remedy. And I thought, oh, and so by the next day I had that remedy. I looked it up. I had calendula oil and, and like the verdict, I, it actually feels better right now. The verdict is still out whether this worked or not, but it just felt like, you know, and I just, I just take what resonates for me. I just take what comes up from inside me and, and aligns. And it was like, okay, that's the next thing to try for this rash that it has just been immobilized. Like it's hasn't gotten better at all. So, so I'm excited and snake brought me to it. Oh, I love that. That, 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 that. And that's my experience as well with the, the, 
these external signs and synchronicities sometimes are the next set, the, the simple directions yeah. arrive in, in language internally. Equally, it'll show up on a sign or a billboard or literally, or it'll be on the side of a tea cat. It'll be a, you know, like snake. <laughs> so um, I love that play. I love this play in yeah. that way. Yeah, that so what, much what, fun. These signs are always connecting us to action or course correction, right? Or the cessation of action um, or a way of being. So they're very, very precise. And what I also love that you just shared is that first and foremost, when we know that we're receiving um, instructions, right? For some people, it's sensations in the body, as you know, or it just takes your breath away for a moment, or it stops your mind, right? You're, you, you know those sensations of magics at play. And what I love about this is that it's very personal and very specific, right? Somebody else could have a different association with snake or a different quote, meaning making around it. Yes. And, oh, that there is so not a one size fits all. Now I, I love Ted Andrews. I, I think you do as well. He writes, um, animal speak is it's a, it's a, he, he has, a, he, has he has these wonderful books about the symbolism of animals um, plants, flowers, different kinds of trees. And there's the symbolic meaning of like everything under the sun written in these books. And they're fun to refer to. And I think you said this in another episode. Um, just read the whole thing and there'll be a line or two that just grabs you. Yeah, take, take what gets you. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't worry about the whole, all six pages about Hawk right? Hawk literally has like six pages of information, what it means. There's going to be a line that your body will be like, bullseye, that's for you. And let's say if you have a relationship with Hawk that is very personal already, that, that trumps everything, right? You already had a relationship with Snake in, in, in the way that you described, um, which may not be in Ted Andrews' description of Snake, like get Snake oil, get Snake remedy, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yes. John, do uh, what's most common for you? Animals, numbers, uh, words, or is it a whole? Uh, like, is it kind of equal? All of that. All of that. And you know what? That. Thank you for saying that because it makes me want to invite everybody to, you know, the idea that the more you have access to, the more the magic, the the more areas of the magic you're aware of. And, and attuned to and watching out for and noticing the more the universe can speak to you in various ways. So, so I, you know, it's like I've been growing my repertory for years, if you will. And, and so it's cool to have just all these different yeah, ways. What would your answer to that be, Daniela? And then you have to tell a story. That's your next uh, task. What? I don't even remember what I asked. <laughs> What's my That's answer? hilarious. So does it come to you more as one thing or another? Words, animal sightings, what? Um, I would say primarily through language, like um, language written on things, you know, in like really fun places, like a hot air balloon will like be in the sky and then it'll turn around and have a word or um, on the side of a car or like a bumper sticker or a post-it on the ground. I'll, I'll share one of my favorite word um uh, ma magical, magical word story. Some of you in, in yoga teacher training have already heard this story. So um, I hope you don't mind hearing it again, but it's really very much my favorite. Um, so I have, a, I have two boys. One is, almost four, one is almost 15 and one's 23. And my youngest, his, uh, his, he has, uh, his name is Ethan Beaumont. And up until a few years ago, he went by Bo. And he had been talking about wanting to change his name to Ethan. And one day in the car, I picked him up from school. He was sort of like as declaring formally, I officially wish to be known as Ethan. And he was asking if it was okay. And I'm per perfectly sure he didn't really think that I would say 
no. <laughs> and at that moment of him asking, uh, we were at a stop sign. We were down in Falk Creek, which is a really sweet neighborhood. And we saw this raccoon in the, like four o'clock in the afternoon, walking around the side of a tree. And like, there was a little, there was a, there was a boy about my son's age, like walking, circling this tree, like trying to figure out, is there something there? And the raccoon was out you know, like walking, you know, like he was like just a few steps ahead of him out of the line of sight. So I'm watching go round and round, right? And so the raccoon with his mask, like immediately for me, was related to the conversation because there, there's the ma the raccoon about authenticity and and the masks we wear and being our true self, things like that. That was all right there. And here my son is asking me this question about identity, and so I, I that was very, very fascinating. We watched it play out. And then I, I brought my son to wherever, and then I took a walk. And at the time I was, I was taking a photograph series of new growth sprouting through thick bark. You know, when you see the miraculous, you see this really delicate new growth of a tree. Somehow thick bark, like yay thick, has parted for it. Like that to me is just so fascinating. So at this time of like spring, I love, I was, I was uh, photographing this and I was taking a picture of one and I felt my gaze pulled. And that's for me, one of the signs that magic is afoot mm. is I feel my, my gaze drawn somewhere for mm. no particular reason. So I felt my gaze pulled onto the ground and there was a little blue rectangle amidst some leaves, leaves <laughs> on the road. And it was face down and it looked just like this, little post-it, little teeny tiny post-it. And I could feel my body starting to tingle. And this is all lickety split fast, right? It wasn't like in matrix slow motion time. <laughs> As my hand is reaching to pick up the piece of paper, I feel my hand tingling. And anybody want to guess in the chat that doesn't know the story, what was on the piece of paper? I'm not sure what the camera is. I don't know if you can see it. There we go. It says Ethan. It sure does. Yeah. Just in cursive. One word. So this you, is you laminated it where like you kept this relic of that magical it's moment. So special. And that's what, <laughs> totally I, just, I laminated it today actually with tape. Oh. <laughs> like, like with scotch tape. There's my fancy <laughs> laminate. And what you know, and here's why I laminated it is because my perception, my opinion is that I don't need many of these experiences to show me the depth and vastness of this infinite mystery, right? Like if I never had another event again, because I, I like to summon, I'll replay. These are memories I'd like to replay. I like to refresh the feeling in my body of magic. And it feels so nourishing. So I, I there are a few, I have a little um, pouch where I put my, my, my magic treasure, and, you know, and, 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 and I, if I just took it out and spread it out on a blanket, maybe there's maybe 10 objects and that, and I'm set for a lifetime with these. Well, one of the things we talked about too last time was the concept of everyday magic, you know, the little things that happen all the time. And certainly that can be those things where you know, the snippet, what, what, what the song lyrics are saying as you walk into the store with something on your mind echoes what, what's happening for you and, and, you know, brings you back to presence or sure, gives you a solution or, or whatever, or, or shows you that you're being overly dramatic, so quit it, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, so, so there is the everyday magic. Um, I'm going to tell a magical story going way back in time. So this was, um, it was after my car accident, which had been sort of like hit on the head wake up call where I was just, when I woke up from unconsciousness, I was in such a state of pure love that 
that I did like everything was over for that for that moment. And for about five days, it's like there was nothing to be sad about, depressed about. There was nothing to rail about. There was nothing to worry about. There was just love. That's all that mattered. So, of course, that's not all of reality on planet Earth. And I got thrust back into my stuff because I had trauma to heal, personality stuff to work out, still at it. But um but uh, but something important had happened that shifted my path. And one of the little magical things, just as a sidebar, uh, during that car accident, so I'm in rural North Carolina, like sure, outside of Chapel Hill, where it's pretty liberal, there's like a little triangle area, Raleigh, Durham, Chapel Hill, super liberal. It was a great place to be queer in my 20s. But, um, but I lived like 20 minutes out of Chapel Hill where there was actually even Ku Klux Klan activity and, you know, just lots of, either redneckism or fundamentalism and uh and uh but but the EMT one one EMT was assigned to ride with me in the back of the ambulance and it was a dyke like so it's like and in that moment it was so important that a lesbian woman was with me holding space for me and with me you know and it, it yeah that was just such a little um and this was you know before i believed the universe was taking care of me so um a couple of years after that i got myself into a mfa in creative writing program and i i managed to create a uh, something that i'd never dared to do before like i created an internship with a it was a lesbian theater troupe in london and they spent some time in new york city too and uh, a friend of mine from durham uh, had brought them to that area. They were they were very good friends. So I managed to get an internship set up with them. Well, when I get to London, uh, first of all, there's something about London that I just, I didn't like it. It felt bad there. It was raining all the time. I was in this weird, like sort of quasi breakup with my partner, uh, you know, and we, with the ocean between us and all these things were happening. And I, the internship wouldn't take, it wouldn't start. It was never starting. So I did, I went and spent a weekend uh, in Brighton, which is a cool little seaside town. And I, I, you know, didn't have much money. So like for, it, it actually didn't exist in the budget. It was like budgeting to me meant, can I, do I think I could get away with putting it on a credit card? So, um, so I went to this uh, bed and breakfast and it was run by lesbians and it was called, I don't even remember exactly, but it was something like the last resort left for women or something like that. There was a play on words. <laughs> so, so I had a lovely weekend and I took Gypsy with me. She was a, she was a pig, a stuffed animal that a friend who loved Gypsy, Gypsy was, personified she was imbued with so much personality she was cherished by this friend but um but so she had said like it was a huge deal that she had given me gypsy to travel with it was just like to sort of say you're not going to be alone you're going to be okay it's all good so uh i got back from brighton to to london and i realized gypsy was no longer with me and so my whole life before then Basically, if something didn't seem obvious or easy, I, I had such a strong belief that things didn't work out for me or that there was no help to be had or that if there's a tiny chance, well, it's not going to happen for me. And so so uh, I would have I would have just. I would have just dropped it right then. But but so motivated also by the fact that I couldn't stand to write my friend and say Gypsy's gone. I got a ticket back to Brighton and I. You know, I, I knew that I had her leaving the bed and breakfast. So I just, I retraced between the train station and the B&B, but um, it was quite a large trajectory. And so I'm making my way through the streets of Brighton, like feeling a little bit hopeless. And, oh, and my, my um, so a few years after the accident, I had to get a, a hip, hip replacement. So also like my hip is like, coming out of its joint and everything hurts. And like, you know, it's just a weird little like moment. And I, you know, I'm an Enneagram four, so it all felt tragic and harsh and what, you know, and of course I'm not gonna find Gypsy, but of course, but I still went to just see if it was possible, which was unprecedented. And I, and I end up standing, you know, next to some people having a conversation outside of a garage, these the car mechanic place. And uh, I just kind of stood there for a while, like thinking, do I dare like interrupt them to ask about a stuffed animal but so so the there was two men and a woman and the woman turns to me and asks me do I need something or whatever so I just like 
took a breath and a sigh and kind of looked apologetic and said, okay, this is really weird, but I've lost a stuffed animal and it, it meant a lot to me. And she said, was it a little pig? Uh, or however she actually said that. Um, and so she had found it with her kids. They had put it through a washing machine. They had sent it to go visit the grandmother who lives in a little suburb of London. And that's where the pig was. So, so then I got another train. I ended up going into this pet store where this grandma worked and she handed over Gypsy the pig. But it was such an important moment for me to start to believe, yeah, actually, life was never against me and is not against me. And I just have to keep showing up, which is really something I still live by. Just show up. You don't have to know outcome. And it, and the, the outcome you don't want may not happen. Just show up. Just And come as you are. You could even be walking under a cloud the whole time. Yeah. Oh, what a really beautiful story. Oh. I love reuni- I love magical stories about reuniting and reunion. Yes. Oh. Yes, they are lovely. Oh, oh, oh. Yes. Um, okay, so reunion story. Great. On the same vein of coming together. So when I um my I had my first son when I was 25. And when he was about uh, uh, I don't know, uh, maybe maybe five. I had an opportunity. It was like my first time away as like a first time mom to go do some good, do something for me. Right. So I had an opportunity to go to Omega, um, and to go to a, a, a workshop at the time. It was actually Doreen Virtue. She's since shifted gears. What she was presenting that time was like angels and fairies and and, and animal magic, actually, uh, with her with her at the time, her husband, Stephen Farmer. And um, I had a very like, very like no budget. And I had like never asked for a scholarship to anything, you know, thus far in my life. And so I wrote to Omega and asked for a scholarship. I got a full one and I, and I was sleeping in a tent. So so I go and the event itself was wonderful. And I was. Um, there was this woman I kept seeing everywhere I went on Omega. There was this woman. I can't even tell you her name, but I can see her. And we set up a session. She was a, she was a medium and our session was coming. And then she fell ill and had to cancel. So on the last day of the retreat, I packed up my tent, I'm putting it in the car and I'm walking to the bathhouse to go use the restroom one more time. And she's walking towards me. And she remembered that she had to cancel our session. And she said, listen, I'm so sorry about that. Um, and then her face changed. She said, would you like to hear what I'm hearing right now? I'm like, yes, absolutely. And she was a, she was a medium or something. And my world just opened up. My mother had died when I was 22. And so this medium just launches. She says, your mother is here with us now. Now she hasn't asked me as your mother passed. She's asked me nothing. She, I don't, when I set up my session, there was no questionnaire, nothing. I'd shared nothing at the retreat. So this was about as scientific of a study as you get, right? She, she says, well, surround, you're, she's surrounding you right now with tiger lilies, which was my mother's favorite. Oh, tiger lilies and daisies. My mother's two favorite flowers. She said, she wants you to know she loves the book you read to your son at night because she watches from the skylight. My son has a skylight in his room. She said, it's the book with no words where there's something about a moon. The book was called Grandfather Twilight where there are, there are very few to no words. It's mostly a, you look at the pictures and talk about what you're seeing kind of book. And it's about this old, this man who takes pearls out of a chest and when he holds the pearls up, they become the moon. I remember this book. It's gorgeous. It is. It is. And my son would ask for it. And so, so this woman is saying your mother, your mother loves watching you read this book to, to her grandson who she never met. So then she, I don't even remember what else she went on to say, but I'm in tears. 
Cause I wasn't even, I didn't know what I was expecting. I wasn't, I wasn't even expecting to, or seeking to connect with my mother. That even seemed too, wasn't even the, in the realm of like something I would ask for. Mm. It wasn't on the radar. I just knew I was drawn and I've learned with magic. I trust the impulse mm. and that impulse is different than impulsivity, mm. right? There's a difference between the two. Like in, in my world, there's an impulse that's pulling you along mm. versus an impulsivity. So, so, so I, we wrap up. Um, she probably said more things in this moment. I don't remember crying, 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 crying. I'm like, so I get in my car, I pull out of Omega. You look left, you look right, you look left, but I'm supposed to turn right. That's the quickest way home. Again, I've never been away from my son. So I'm anxious to get home. I'm, I'm looking forward to getting home as quickly as possible. I hear sometimes the magic works in an auditory way. I hear go left. Now I know from my map quest printout directions, because there's no GPS yet, there's no cell phones yet, that uh, going left is going to mean a half hour longer. However, I'm, I trust this voice in the way it comes through because it's quick and succinct Yeah, to do it. So I go left. I'm now driving down this long road, fields on the left, fields on the right, left, or like that's all that I see. And, I'm, and, I, and this road is so friendly and straight that it's giving me an opportunity to replay the scene with the medium. So I start crying again. I'm like, mom, I'm so sorry. I haven't been talking to you. I didn't know. <laughs> I'm like apologizing profusely. I'm like, I had no idea you were around. I'm so sorry. And then the tears stop. And then I, and then I say, can you please give me one more sign as if like I hadn't heard enough, right? Like <laughs> I count on two hands, the times in my life I've consciously asked mm. for a sign in the moment. I don't yeah. abuse. Yeah. Do yeah. 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 And, and I, and I'm like, I'm sorry. Can you give me one more sign? I'm sobbing and I'm feeling so embarrassed for asking. And yet I'm compelled to. At that moment, I see a farmhouse on the right-hand side, a big white farmhouse with a big sign, like a billboard. And on it, it says, Haran Farms. My mother's maiden name was Haran. Now I've Googled Haran Farms in the town outside of Omega. There's nothing to be found. So I don't even if it exists I don't even know if it was just in my hologram in my dream that this appeared and I'm willing to, for that to be the case right but I just know the moment I saw that like something unshakable was anchored in me and that was the connection with the unseen world and and a much more formal love affair with as a deaf educator as uh, someone who connects, you know, those in the living, uh, in the seen realm to with the unseen uh, realm through messages. And so it was, it was so profoundly life altering that, that scene. Um, and then, and then at the end of that day, I literally said, mom, could you give me one more sign tomorrow? And I won't ask for another thing. And in the morning I went out and on my mailbox was a Hello Kitty with angel wings. And I was a Hello Kitty fanatic at the time. And my neighbor said to me later on in the week, she said, she said, don't, did you like the angel? She goes, I was compelled. She goes, I don't know why I put that on your mailbox. And this is when I discovered the magic uses us uses us so when we trust that impulse right this woman took it off her bubble bath <laughs> she didn't know why and yet she trusted the impulse so there again was was it was a triple header it was a one two three of like such profound impact such a profound impact on me uh, wow. so there, uh, that was my what mom and that's a gorgeous story. That is a gorgeous story. I teared up a few times. Um, I, you know, I want to say something about the impulse. You know, people do worry about, oh no, but what about my 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 negative impulses or my addictive impulses or or whatever? And you know, I just want to say, just like people worry about 
how do I tell the voice of fear from the voice of intuition? They're not that similar, you know, and, and I think the negative impulses have an urgency to it, whereas the, the impulses that guide us are, like you said, they're very clear, they're very direct, they're very succinct, but they're not, it's not urgent. It's like, oh my God, you're not going to be okay if you don't do this. And, uh, you know, we also, we know the difference between impulses that just, that, t- that take us in another direction versus an impulse that uh, has you telling yourself why it's cool to have a drink, you know, when you're, when you're an alcoholic or whatever. So, so like, this is where I just want to invite people to self-trust, you know, and to trust that the magic wants to show itself to you uh, with clarity. It's not supposed to be so muddled. You know, we bring in the muddled component with, with overthinking and worrying about our baser impulses or whatever. Uh, And, you know, part of it is just go, like if you're not harming yourself or anyone else, just go and, uh, and let it show you, let it show you what's what. I think that, so I love that you, that you said that, you know, my experience is that the the impulse or the voice of the friend, the voice of simple direction, the voice of, of that guidance or the impulse of it has never, ever, ever given me directions that caused harm to myself or another. I can find actions I've taken that were harmful to myself and others. And I think there were times when I did that, I wanted to, I wanted to chalk up my an egoic tendency to the voice of direction and wisdom, but I can find in retrospect, nope, <laughs> nope, that's not what was happening there. <laughs> yeah, and it's okay that we have those contrasting experiences, right? So that we do know the difference. And it's okay, you know, we're all here working out ego stuff. So I, I'm always against, you know, spiritual growth that has its object, you know, of ferreting out the ego and catching the ego. And, you know, okay, so cool. So now you've had a contrasting experience and you remember the difference and you know which one you like better. And, and you, yeah, you can keep aiming toward what feels good, the good stuff. All right, let's hear a story by you, Jaya. Okay, I'll tell one that's I kind of more in the little, little miracles realm. But so when my kid Z, who is a who is and has always been a very large personality. So when he was two, uh, you know how two year olds are, you know how two year olds will tantrum in public. And interestingly, like most parents are horrified when their two year old acts like a two year old instead of, you know, just knowing all two year olds act like that. And uh yeah, nobody's thinking all the things you think they're thinking. Uh, but so at the time, I was one of those parents because I had not yet learned inquiry. And uh, so I was just, you know, in this used bookstore, horrified that my kid was making the level of giant scene he was making. So so it's Maine where, where you know, I'm in Rockland, Maine, seaside town uh, in the thick of Maine winter. And uh, because we were inside the store, his coat was off and I just wanted to get out of there really fast. So I threw the hood on, on his head and the coach just hanging on his body and he's in my arms and we're just going to go to the car. So it's like cross the street, walk a, just, just a little bit on the, on the sidewalk and get in the car, strap him in. I don't care if he screams all the way home. I'm good. So I made it across the street just fine, but on the sidewalk, I don't know what happened. Somehow I lost my footing. My, you know, he was still tantruming. He had not slowed down for being carried. Uh, and he, fe- I dropped him. So my two-year-old is falling, you know, backwards, you know, head's about to hit the concrete sidewalk. So, but the hood was on, not, so the hood didn't fall off. But not only that, the coat doubled so that it, so that there was that layer, but not only that, it actually double, doubled. There were three layers that caught that impact. And, and he was fine, but I'm just looking at that, picking him up. And then he was calm after that. Cause that was just, wow, what just happened? But that doesn't just, things don't just. <laughs> no. no. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. That was a good one. That's a good one. That's a good one. Um, okay. I have a, I have a similar story in terms of if, if it's not for the, for, uh, if it's not in the best interest of my soul's evolution to experience injury, then, then the coat, the coat folds three times, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Just like if you don't get the nearby parking space, you probably need to walk across the lot. This isn't that, that, that there's a problem. Yeah. 
exactly. For me, that, you know, is, is, um, we're not always, I'm going to suppose to this, we're not always supposed to be protected because we do need the experiences and lessons that we get for our own evolution and growth. Now, this year's, here's an injury I evidently didn't need to have. And um, I was driving a truck. This is, um, my mother was at home. She was just about in a coma at this point. And my, my dad was home with her and his father had just died. So there was a whole lot of death around us and, and, and just um, strain. You know, we were, we were, we were navigating a lot. It was just my dad and I, and um, so I, I would go out. I loved cemeteries. I'm a true and for fashion, <laughs> my solace place. And also as a, as a Tibetan Buddhist, I, I felt great peace in cemeteries. So there was this cemetery in the, near the Albany area that I would go to. And um, I was used to driving to it in a car. Now I have a truck, so I get myself stuck. And I'm trying to do a three-point turn, or like a 50-point turn, actually, and turn around on something I had no business doing. And I was not very grounded because there was a lot, of, a lot going on in our worlds. And I come to the point now where I'm halfway through the, this three-point turn, and I'm facing the edge literally of a cliff. And I know, and, and, it's, and it's my, the front of the truck is angled, like pointing down. And I'm not, I'm not used to driving this truck. And ever, when you try, when you put your car in reverse, you know, oftentimes it goes forward first before it catches and goes backwards. I don't have any leeway, right? I know I've got now one shot at this, like nowhere in my mind did it, did it occur to me, leave the damn truck, <laughs> walk down, get out, walk, walk and go get help because there's, I, all I'm thinking is, Oh my God, my dad has got so much going on. Like I can't die right now. Mm. I can't please. I can't die. I have got to, I've got one shot to not go over the edge of this cliff. And, um, oh, I can even feel in my body, like the, the, the terror I felt in that moment. Again, nothing logical occurred to me that don't do this. Just go walk. No, I, I'm like, I've got one shot. And I, I close my eyes real tight and I beg, I'm like, please don't let me die because my dad can't be too much for his part if I go over the edge right now. So can I just get the F out of here and it not be a burden to him? And at that moment, there's these bushes and all these children, like, like, I swear to God, like, like as if they were out of Oliver Twist, come out of the bushes. And I'm not high. I'm not, I don't smoke. Like I'm not, <laughs> not high. I preface this by saying I had not, nothing. I had ingested nothing to hallucinate this. And these children come out. I don't even remember if they said anything, but the next thing I know, they're in front of my truck. And it never occurs to me, this is awfully dangerous for children. <laughs> they're going to push me. Okay, they're gonna push me. I'm gonna hit reverse and they're gonna push me. Again, no part of my brain says, this is awfully risky. I might run down a line of, a lineup of children over the edge. Doesn't even occur to me. I'm just going along with this. So they back me out. And then I still don't remember now where they even went. I honest to God don't. Cause when the space of something so miraculous is happening, it's like, Something happens to your mind. Yeah. It's like, in, like men in black, they push the button. <laughs> I'm still stuck and the children are gone and I'm sobbing. I'm like, I need one. I, I still am stuck. Next thing I know, I wouldn't even know what kind of car to call this. Like I'll say a Chevy Impala from 1978 comes barreling up this dirt road and out of it steps like the most beautiful black man wearing like coveralls like he was a mechanic or something like a one like a zip up carhartt mechanic something and i just i just throw my arms around him and i'm just sobbing i'm like thank you thank you thank you can you get my truck out 
<laughs> and he's this short and he just does whatever somebody who knows what they're doing does with a truck <laughs> and him going in the right direction and I don't even remember him leaving I don't rem- I just don't remember anything more but I just know that I wasn't meant to go over the cliff and so the coat triple folded <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's beautiful. Oh my God. Well, this may be the craziest impulse ever, but I'm going to follow with a super mundane magic example. Uh, maybe, maybe it'll just create a balance or something. So, um, oh my God, Daniela, this is so fun. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I, so it'll help me illustrate to a concept from Abraham Hicks that I really love, which is the idea of the universal manager. So one thing you can do when you're overwhelmed or you're overloaded or there's a lot going on is you can literally make a list. And there's something about actually pausing to make the list that for me has almost a ritualistic quality. And you just, you've taken the time and you see it visually and, and, um, and it, it, it brings things into balance. But what you do is you list, you make two columns and you list like there's going to be a Jaya column and a universal manager column. So all the things that you're concerned about that are not yours to take care of today or for maybe this morning, whatever you're making the list for, all of that goes under universal manager. Like, yeah, yeah, I need to prepare for that class and I need to take care of my kids, this or that. And I, you know, all these things, but Right now, they belong to the universal manager. And the Jaya stuff is really just a few tasks, always manageable, you know, always doable stuff I'm equipped to handle. So so then there's a letting go and there's a staying in your lane because you've got your you've got clarity about this is mine. So there was a day recently, quite recently, where my kid was in crisis and really needed my help. It was a health crisis, like impacted wisdom teeth thing and all these things were going on and there had been a hellacious experience over the 4th of July where he got just horrible medical care like like for example the first dude he saw was like oh well you've waited way too long if you don't get this antibiotic today you're probably going to die and we're going to have to break your jaw to fix this and your face will never be the same yeah it was insane and you know and part of how he makes his living as, as a model so anyway so um so I was, I was supporting him and, there, you know, I, I was, I got up in the morning to help him figure out what to do, where to go. And uh, I got the impulse to call somebody. Now, this person used to be my primary care physician and I love her and I lost uh, access to her services because she stopped uh, carrying my insurance and, uh, or, or she was really going into a different kind of practice where she would take very little, if any insurance. So, so, uh, but I had been on a slow search for a new primary care physician. And it's just like the kind of thing that I don't love giving my time to. So I was trying to do it in an easy way, just okay, look this up. Okay. Make this call. And so far it hadn't come together and I wasn't stressing, but it was like, okay. So I had the impulse to call her. Her husband happens to be a dentist. So I, I called her and all I got was this voicemail opportunity. So I left a voicemail and it, you know, just very much, if it doesn't even speak to you to call me back, don't, you know, I'll find my solutions in the right place. So then we, we carried on the day went beautifully. We got all, all these things gorgeously lined up at the end of the day. It's like dark out in the summer. Uh, she calls and I was like, Oh, and, and she called on her husband's line. So it came up as his name. I said, Oh, funny that it says his name, not yours. I was calling you about blah, blah, blah. And now it's all resolved. Uh, but I'm so happy to hear your voice. Tell me a little about your life. And so in the time, so we, we talked for maybe five minutes. And during that conversation, I learned that she's figured out a couple of insurances that would be easy for her to take and carry on with her mission as she's doing it. And one of them is my insurance. And so it's like the universal manager took care of me finding a primary care physician. I am full to the gills right now. Theoretically, if I thought about it this way, I don't have time for my kid to be in crisis or for some extra thing to happen. But but the universe doesn't give a shit about that. What it wants me to do is show up here and now for whatever's up here and now and let go of what's not mine to deal with. So I wasn't even thinking about getting a primary care physician that day. But in all that time I gave to my kid, that got taken care of, crossed off the list. <laughs> so I, I love the everyday magic. And I love it when it's in a, 
in a song, if there's something that I'm contemplating or I'm, I'm seeking insight and direction around, I love walking in a store and, you know, like the lyrics or the, the song title um, uh, is, is right there. And it's, and it, and it'll just have me like laugh out loud, quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I remember at one point saying like, well, is this, you know, is this, I I, I started thinking, I think maybe this relationship isn't a healthy one to be in. And I went into, I'm like, you know, I'll start paying attention. Can you please affirm, uh, if I, if I'm correct. And I remember going in a store and like, the lyrics of the song were like, you're like, no, no, he's not the one for me. It was like, um, uh, <laughs> uh, black horse and the, ch- and the cherry tree. Um, it, it's, it's, it's like literally the song is all about, he is so not for you. <laughs> oh, it's like, no, there was no guessing. There was no guessing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yep. It's pretty obvious sometimes. Uh, you know, I had, I had a, this is a really quickie. I, um, so, and the, you know, the sober topic because my, the day my girlfriend's mother died and they were very close and she wasn't expecting it. We were shopping at the Salvation Army. And at some point she realized that there were a, a slew of messages. Actually, what happened was her kid called me, I think, with a message she was supposed to call this other relative. And then when she looked at her phone, there were all these messages that had come in. So she goes outside to find out what, you know, what family drama is unfolding. And I just like shopped a little more and then she wasn't coming in and she wasn't coming in. And so I um, just gathered the things that she had, even though like, I didn't know if she really wanted them or not and bought them all up. And, and you know how some at the Salvation Army you find, you know, you can find name brands as well as, you know, something with a little like hand sewn by so-and-so, you know? And so there was this like completely like, brand nobody's ever heard of, of of a shirt that she had and the tag just simply said her mom's first name (laughs) she had just picked out that shirt before she stepped outside to learn that her mama was gone oh yes so sweet and so painful but it's also just but beautiful, you know I always say let let we have to find the sweet and the bittersweet because life on planet earth has so much bittersweet and I used to be hyper focused on the bitter and I think you know the magic can help us with that aspect as well Mm. oh that's so beautiful there is such a sweetness to these signs in the in the bigger picture and the whole trajectory of our of our journey and joy the joys all the way to the terrors and and um and I and I just love it with those little things so so the more we attune ourselves to just observing paying attention you know um notice Notice what you notice my whole journey to ayurveda began with like a a, 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 like an ask you know just an ask please like i i wasn't i know i haven't learned from my parents again you know god god bless them they they just raised me on standard american diet and that didn't work I, i i always felt ill i always i i felt sickly and had a lot of congestion and stuff and just always had something and I said please this is about once, once I'm 18 and I can leave and I can start understanding this on my own please just guide me and I remember going to a bookstore and there was a book in the self-helpy diety section just one popped you know like jutting out and I pick it up and it was like the mucusless diet healing system and that began just the next important step of understanding the role of our digestive system in our immunity and our well-being and and these this everyday magic just gives us the next breadcrumb the next breadcrumb and when we are when we're digesting a breadcrumb cherish that breadcrumb like it's a meal like make full use of that breadcrumb beautiful it's because it's so there's such fullness in that next clue like spend time with it there's no rush to the next one time yes like the the pause because it's it's so easy to blip over these things especially when they're not you know necessarily being talked about by others or validated by others i mean that's what i was saying about you know the realizing okay wait snake today 
it's like snake and snake and snake. Yeah, look, you be with it. You be with yourself and and, and value the magic in your life. And uh, it doesn't matter if you don't have some great big message from it, just to be with what's coming in and getting your attention and the gorgeous timing. So much of it is about timing. And, uh, and then definitely notice repetition. Like sometimes we miss the first book title and then the second one gets our notice or oh I just I've heard that same name three times now um and to just to just check it out and the last thing that I'd want to say is practice so practice when you hear or see a sign and if you're if you're if you're still developing your muscle of certainty if that was a direction or not practice testing it to see if it was on the quote seemingly simpler situations in life because mm -hmm. what I have a, such a, a, a stamina and fortitude and an unshakable unshakability with when so when I hear guidance and direction it doesn't matter if everybody else is saying don't do that yeah yeah I know and I have I have made some incredibly seemingly big decisions like uh let's say for example when a family member was faced with do I do chemotherapy or not and we worked with the signs and the magic and against everyone else's speaking and uh, being up against all the energy of their fears we were both a unified unshakable front in knowing we could trust the signs that had were giving us direction saying do not do chemo right now against everybody else's opinions and the energy of fear so so you want to practice and develop a muscle in being able to trust the simple directions because there will be times you may be relying on them for seemingly bigger choices and you're up against the the perception or the uh, affinity and love and acceptance of people in your life. Sometimes it may cost you. And that's the last thing that I want to say. I've trusted the magic and the miracles to lead me in my life, even when it cost me temporarily connection with my family. Or the good and, opinion of someone. Yep, or, mm -hmm. yep, or the financial support of family members, right? Sometimes, so, so it, it, and, and what I, what I always what, what's so important is when that happens is to stay with the phrase comma for right now. Mm. We, we're not in connection right now because that also yes. tells you yes. it's only happening right now. I don't know what's where it's going to go. Right. And it was magic and the miraculous that brought us back together. It wasn't a, okay, you see it your way. I see it mine. Let's agree to disagree and move. And the, it was actually magic that then brought us back together. Sweet. Um, I decided to, I know I was, when I became aware of the body tugs that guide us. So, you know, just the sensation of the body and you know what it means. Uh, I first heard Deepak Chopra talk about that. And I realized I'd had it my whole life. I'd be in the woods playing and I would feel a tug in my body. And I knew it meant it is time to go home now. And I didn't want to go home now. So, so I didn't, but then this body, this sensation would get more and more like higher, higher pitched until I was like, okay, I'll go. Home. Um, yeah. But so when, when I decided to build my, in my relationship with that sensation, with my intuition is, is part of, is one way you can call that. Um, I started with get up and stir the soup. I wrote about this in my book, Scooch, that, you know, because what I know, I kept burning soup because I was, I was doing my copy editing and proofreading work uh, and cooking simultaneously, but with, you know, organic ingredients, you know, cooking from scratch. And I would like, no, I just have to, I would get the sensation, get up and stir the soup. And I would know not till I figure out this paragraph or change the wording of this really messy sentence. And then I would get up and it was scorched, you know, I'd, I'd like, I'd messed it up. So I just, that, so that was just my little game with myself. I'm just going to get up and stir the soup. And of course I was just a metaphor for, you know, anything, brush your teeth now, you know, um, turn off the light now, whatever, just mundane things, go check on the kids, whatever. And to not have dialogue inside your head about that, to just go with what the body tug is. It's not an external authority figure that you need to talk back to. It's, it's, it's inside you. It's, it's talking to you for you. 
Uh, it's, it's gloriously tailored to everything, all that you need. Uh, so yeah, so that so that's one way to play with it. It's just yeah, get really mundane about it. <laughs> I'm del- I love this the burnt soup. My if you ask my son, my eldest son, what's one of his memories of childhood? <laughs> he, would say, he would say the sound of mom scraping the burnt toast. <laughs> because I would put the toast in, and I'm like, oh, I can go do two more things, you know, like and I completely forgot about the toast like so then I would turn the water faucet on to try to hide the quiet scraping sound <laughs> <laughs> I really hear you scraping the toast oh like, that's funny <laughs> yep couldn't get away with that <laughs> oh Jaya thank you so much yeah I don't want to stop but we'll stop thank you so much I know we have, I have such another longer list. Maybe we have to just keep going. Oh, wait, but friends, we're going to do a mini course about magic and miracles, a CE, a CEU mini course in the fall um, uh, so that you can learn how to create your own manifesto. So you can learn how to guide yourselves and others into the, the personal and specific meaning of magical and miraculous events. Um, and it's going to be a really fun mini course. So I, I hope that that's something that everyone will uh, perhaps look forward to joining us for in the fall. Thank you, Daniela. Mm-hmm.